Welcome to the Athlete's Record, where athletes share an honest and inspirational account of their sporting life, the things that matter most to them, and what they learned along the way. This episode of the Athlete's Record is brought to you by PowerAid. Developed with sports scientists, PowerAid is a still isotonic sports drink that helps support effective hydration and replenishes key electrolytes, energy, and fluids that your body loses during exercise. In this episode, we meet Trinidadian cricketer Nicholas Puran, one of the most exciting talents in the modern game. Puran burst onto the cricket scene as a teenager before a serious car accident in 2015 threatened to derail his budding career. Hare Nicholas describes how he was cricket-obsessed as a child growing up in Port of Spain, which paved the way for his breakout performance for Trinidad and Tobago Red Steel in the 2013 Caribbean Premier League, aged just 17. You know, cricket started for me with my cousins, to be honest. So it was Mark, Kevin, Harris, and myself. I found a love for the game, just play with them. Every every time we got some chance to play the game, you know, after school we'd meet up three, four in the evening and we'd start to play cricket in the road. Um, I can remember those was a, those were my probably happiest days when it comes to playing cricket. Um, I really enjoyed it. Um, every opportunity we got we just played, we played. Um we were around the same age group as well. We had the we had we had the same passion which is cricket. Um, I remember getting a lot of licks from my parents as well. You know, they want to study my schoolwork. As soon as you get a break time, you want to play cricket. Our side streets, our backyards, the Keen Fields, the Savannah, basically anywhere we got that opportunity to play. That's where I really found my love for the game. I was going, I was going to Cuba Sec that time. Cuba, that's Cuba East Government Secondary, and I one day I was just telling my mother and father, I was like. I love cricket so much. Like I think, I think I can, you know, I think I can play for West Indies, and I think you know as parents as well, you know, they they had they have to make a decision for the kids as well growing up, and my mom is the one who you know actually spoke to my dad and said, you know what, this guy, you know, he loves cricket so much. Let's give it a shot. Let's support him hundred percent, and let's 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 try his best for him to achieve his dreams. And I think I was in form two or form three. I can't remember, but that is when. They made a decision for me as well, and I said I was playing. That time I was playing Central Zone under thirteen and under fifteen, and I started to do well. And you know, within myself, I knew that I always had the talent, uh, but people around me started to acknowledge that as well, and they started to see something special in me. And I just started to go from strength to strength, and then I left Kovacek, and I went to Naprima College, and it you know it all started there for me when I you know got the the exposure. I played for Trinidad on a 15 and then I went on to play for Trinidad on a 19 and things just started to you know, go my direction for me and in a blink of an eye, you know, I got an opportunity and you know that was it for me. I you know I, I took it with both hands and you know my story changed from there. Went a long way up as well. Got the distance, here we go again. Oh number six! And it's a 50 to the young man. Oh take a bow, this is entertainment. 15, 23 balls on debut at 17 years old. I remember you know, when I got selected, I got selected as an under 23 player. I think that year you had to pick two under 23 players. It was myself and Yannick Carrier. And I remember David Jacobs was a keeper. He was an overseas professional. He was a wicket keeper and he got injured. He damaged his finger. 
Um, we, are, we are going to play in Guyana, and all of a sudden I'm playing. But if you know, if you know cricket, then you know obviously Guyana is passionate, and they're gonna come out in their numbers. Trinidad and Guyana always have this rivalry, and all of a sudden I'm, I'm a part of it. And uh, I remember, I remember clearly when I went to the game. We were, we were bowling first, and Miguel Cummins bowled the first couple balls, and. It just hit. I was wicket keeping and it just hit my hand and it fell out and I was like, "Shit, I'm really nervous here." Because <laughs> the, the the crowd was electrifying. To be honest, you know the guys are just making noise. They're supporting their team, and I'm nervous as hell because I'm only seventeen. I haven't even played among a decent sized crowd as yet, but the stadium is packed now, and you know it just went on. Obviously, in T Twenty cricket, you don't get much to do as a wicket keeper, and. I was just I went in motion, so I didn't have to do much during the game. And then I remember when we were going to bat. Bravo, Dwayne was next to me. I was like, "You're gonna bat now." So we lost two wickets or three wickets, and he's like, "Okay, you're going to bat now." But I, I didn't. I it wasn't my turn to bat yet because I was scheduled to bat at seven or something like that. I was like, "Just go and express yourself. Just do 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 what you just do. Just express yourself." And it so happened that I scored fifty that night, and you know. If you ask me now, I didn't. I still don't know how I did that, and you know, it, everything just it felt like a dream to me. Like I can't even believe it was happening at one point in time. Um, it had so much of love. Everyone had love for me that time. Like you know, everyone was supporting the seventeen-year-old from Macbean Village, Kufa. And I remember when we head back to Trinidad now, and the Queen's back over. I was walking out the bus, and everyone was chanting my name. Like you know, that was that was so much for me. Even now, like I, I remember that like, like yesterday, but yeah, definitely so nervous. Like I didn't even know if I was gonna perform, or if I was gonna mess it up, but it just happened for me. Yeah, I guess I was. I just, I, I, I just guess that I was sent here to play cricket, and it happened for me. In 2015, Nicholas was involved in a serious car accident which left him with a torn patella tendon, fractured tibia and fractured ankle and his future as a professional cricketer hanging by a thread. It's tough to really talk about, to be honest, but the accident, it, it happened in a weird time. Like, it's still confusing to me. Like, and you know, I, I, I was knocked out. I, I got a concussion. I was knocked out. I knocked out for a couple of minutes. And uh, when I woke up, I was just in smoke. Like, I just bought a vehicle. And the entire, of the, and the entire front of the vehicle was smashed in. And all I was concerned about was what happened to the vehicle. <laughs> and um, a lot of people started to surround the vehicle. And they, were, they, were, they they woke me up eventually and they were asking me if I'm fine, if I'm okay. And I was like, yeah, everything is fine, everything is fine. I was looking at my ankle and my knees, I started to see blood. And um, they they were asking me if I can move my toes, if I can move my legs. And I was like, yes, yes, that's fine, fine. Um, then the ambulance came. They took like 40 minutes. So I was standing in that car for a good while. They, and they took me out and then um, they obviously carried me to the hospital and I was in so much of pain that I was just asking the doctors to just knock me out, just knock me out and do surgery and I'll wake up whenever I wake up. I was in that pain. And when I woke up, when I went to Coover General General Hospital, then they said, okay, we have to carry you to San Fernando General Hospital. And 
it was my worst experience in life you know just being in the back of an ambulance with that with that neck brace i was suffocated it was <laughs> that was one of my worst experience it took me like an hour to reach to the hospital and then when i got there i was in so much of pain i was asking the doctor again just please knock me out i can't take the pain anymore and then they obviously knocked me out and i woke up in the morning and when i woke up in the morning the first two things i could see is two big casts one one cast on my left leg um my entire leg was covered in a cast and then my right my right ankle to my knee covered in a cast as well and I, I damaged my patella tendon on my left knee and i fractured my ankle on my right my right i fractured my right ankle I had a cut on my left on my right knee as well so i didn't really know what was happening to me then the doctors obviously they came and they were talking to me trying to make me feel better about myself and obviously I, i didn't care about what they had to say about making me feel better i just wanted to know what happened and know what what's the future going to be like and they, i obviously asked them if i could obviously walk again that's the first question i asked them and i said yeah you'll be able to walk again you'll be fine but we're not sure about the running part we're not sure if you'll be able to run again the way you would want to run and obviously as a i was 19 obviously as 19 you don't want to be hearing that because your own your only dream is to be a professional cricketer and you feel like it's going to slip away from your hands you know uh, my mother was there my father was there and obviously they were sad they're trying to cheer me up on um i i literally didn't know what to do like my blood pressure keep rising the doctor tell me i asked them when i can get to go home and it's like we have to wait we have to do another surgery on your ankle because we have to wait for the swelling to go down before we can do a surgery on your ankle i was like okay fine so i had to keep my foot up so the swelling can go down i stayed in the hospital for 12 days i did the surgery after 7 days and i had to remain after so in total i stayed 12 11 to 12 days and then i got home and that was a whole different story for me again i was literally kind of paralyzed in a way i was stuck on a wheelchair i could only move on a wheelchair i i couldn't really show up by myself i can even use the bathroom on my own i need i need to had i had to get help from my 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 mother and father my girlfriend at that time um she's my wife now um my sisters were well back then and my friends and it was it was so it was difficult and that time around that time the super 50 was taking place in trinidad and i was just there lying on the ground because i was so uncomfortable wherever wherever i sat and i was just supporting the guys and i was just thinking about you know how how i'm missing the game so much and you know i'll do anything to get an opportunity to play the game again and i was so depressed for me because i wasn't i wasn't seeing any improvement i was there in a cast my legs are getting skinnier and skinnier every day I'm putting on weight because I can't walk. Every time I want to sleep, I want to eat. And it keep going. And every time I have to go and do my checkups, so I'll remove the cast to put a new cast and they have to clean my legs. And I remember the first time they removed my cast and I saw my leg. I was I was literally disgusted. I couldn't believe that was my leg. And my blood pressure went up again. My head started to hurt. I was like I was doomed. I was like I really don't know what's happening here. Like, I didn't know. Um I I really didn't know what direction to turn to be honest. Um 
you know, I'm a believer. Um, you know, at that time, Alyssa's sister, Alyssa is my wife, her sister, in-laws, they came and obviously they prayed for me and they obviously are believers of you know Jesus Christ and it was like, do you believe in Jesus? And at that time I wasn't too big on, you know, spiritual, anything spiritual. And this woman, she, she showed interest, she came and she was praying for me. You know, every single time she got an opportunity, whenever I was free, she was coming here and she was, you know, just, you know, she was keeping my confidence up and she was just asking me to, you know, just keep believing in Jesus. All you need to do is believe a little bit and you know, everything will be fine. And that time I was like, okay, no problem, fine. And I just started to believe and I just started to pray. And because at that point in time, I really didn't know who to turn to, you know. I turned to, I turned to Jesus. I kept believing in him. I started to learn more about the Bible as well. I started to believe more. And um, I went back to the... When I removed my cast, I started to do physiotherapy with Oba. And um, this was this was the TSMTT in St. Augustine. Oba and Jason was a physio at that time. And Oba was a... He was a he was the first person that, you know, actually made me believe that, you know, you're going to be fine. Because he knew about injuries. And he's like, okay, Pooh. Because we had a decent relationship as well. He's like, you're fine, Pooh. You're going to be right in a couple months, whatever the case is. These things happen, you know. It'll take some time, but you'll see improvements and you'll be fine. And I was like, okay. You know, I'm actually feeling good about myself. And therapy, once, once therapy started for me, I was looking forward to it because I had something to do when the day comes. But then afterwards, a couple of weeks in, I wasn't walking. I was on crutches. I was on crutches. I had brace on my leg. I was doing some work. They, they first taught me how to use the crutches first. So I was, get, I was starting to walk and I was starting to feel like, you know, a human again. And, um, at the beginning, after a while, the therapy was every single day is the same thing. It was simple things I had to do every single day. And I was like, this is so boring. Like, when am I going to walk? When am I going to be able to bend my leg again? My leg can bend at all. So it was straight. And I can, if I bend my leg a couple degrees, it'll pain me. And I was like, what's this? What's, what's happening? My ankle can't really move much. And then I started to get frustrated, like, the same thing was happening and I wasn't seeing any improvements at all. I didn't have any patience. I was on a wheelchair again and my friend Asif, Harris, they used to come on. We used to say, let's play some cricket as well. So I used to have my brace on. I used to try to bat, tie a socks up, try to bat, see if I can bat still. And I started to find, I started to do different things. I started to get around a bit. There was one time that my, 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 my girlfriend then and my couple of friends, they carry me to a carnival fet in my wheelchair as well. I just, just appreciating those times as well. But then after I started back therapy and then I was like, you know what? I'm going to, nothing is going to stop me from you know, achieving my dream, which is to be a professional cricketer. And that was my motivation. Every morning I woke up the same time, almost the same time, went to therapy the same time. Did the same exact same exact thing for a couple months, and then back home the same time as well. And then I started to see improvements. And when I started to see the improvements, my confidence I had more confidence in myself, and the process started to uh, the, the the healing started to happen faster. I remember I remember going back to the hospital and the doctors were surprised, and they're like, "How is this possible?" Because they wasn't too sure that my left leg would bend hundred percent again. And when they, when they did a test on my leg again, my 
left leg is actually bending more than my right leg. And they were so surprised. And after I started, I, I had to learn how to walk again. I had to learn how to run again. And it all took time. My fitness was gone. I was overweight. So I was 185 plus pounds. So I had to literally start from scratch again. After his long recovery, Nicholas was handed a lifeline when he was unexpectedly drafted for the Barbados Tridents in the 2016 CPL. It was a move that would transform Nicholas's fortunes, going from being wheelchair-bound to the elite levels of cricket in just over a year. In minor league cricket, I started to feel good about myself. I started to practice. I started, I, uh, and I was like, okay, fine. I still have it. All of a sudden, I felt like I was hitting the ball better. I was hitting it much further than I used to. I was actually feeling stronger because of all the you know, therapy. My legs were much stronger. My core was stronger as well. And I was starting to do. I was starting to feel really good about myself. And I was like, okay, fine. I can. I can still do special things. And I went to Queens Park Cricket Club. I played this season there. I played. A, I played. A, I played one or two trial games as well, and I did really good. So Dwayne Bravo was there, Sunarine, Kyron Pollard was there as well, and they were all involved in CPL at that point in time. So Pollard was the captain of Barbados, Sunar was influential in Guyana, and Bravo was obviously the captain of TKR at that time. And I went into the CPL draft that year, but no, everyone knew that, okay, Nicholas' name is in the draft, but we don't know if he's good or he's average or what he, what he's like so no one knew whether i'm good or not but bravo knew paulie knew and sunil knew and pollard picked ramden at a certain slot in cpl and then westney's i don't think westney's test players were available for cpl I, I think for the first half of the games and he had to replace ramden with someone and he took a gamble and he's like okay fine he's gonna pick puran and everyone was shocked everyone and if you know the Bayesian crowd as well, they were always against him and, you know, certain decisions he makes. So that wasn't easy for him. So he took a gamble on me as well. And I knew that. And that wasn't easy for me as well, because when I got selected there as well, people started to bash me as well. Like, this guy's overweight, blah, 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 whatever the case is. You can't be picking friends or whatever the case is. But I wasn't Pollard's friend that time. I know he obviously he obviously knew what, knew what I could have to on the cricket field and he took that chance and you know that that was the day like everything changed for me that CPL there like you know life changed the way I looked at life you know everything was everything was everything was a different challenge for me that time because at first I just wanted the opportunity to play the game you know just appreciate every moment in a game and then you became you became that professional where you were de- that people were depending on you to win games and then all of a sudden you lost that passion. You know, if you're just enjoying each moment of the game and then you just start to look at every single thing different from then and, you know, my life has been full of challenges and I think one of my strengths is, you know, accepting challenges and you know, coming out on top. Um, I'll always tell people life is, you know, really amazing and it's only amazing because of these challenges and these struggles in life. You, know, you can never really understand life till you really go through, you know, certain things. And yeah, today I'm today I'm Nicholas Puran. That a lot of people like and a lot of people dislike as well because of those you know, those those moments in my life. From Nicky Payne, Asper 
finishes it in style with a hat-trick of sixes to get the Warriors up in fine style. We've just witnessed one of the most remarkable innings in the history of Hero CPL. I wasn't playing any cricket that time. I wasn't even playing CPL, so I put my name in a draft hoping that someone would pick me. And I afterwards I put my name in the Bangladesh Premier League draft as well. I got selected there after I played CPL and I was like, wow, this is a really good opportunity for me to learn, you know, make some money as well. And I was like, okay, fine. I want to, I want to go. But all of a sudden, if I made that decision to go to play Bangladesh Premier League, I'm going to be sanctioned from WICB. And, you know, Paul decided to become, be, um, become my mentor that time. Um, I just signed with Edward Eddie, Ed, Edward Tolchard as my agent, and we made a decision. Like I knew the consequences if I if I if I made the decision to go Bangladesh Premier League, I would be sanctioned and I wouldn't be able to play cricket for, you know, West Indies. So I made a decision. I went to Bangladesh Premier League. Um, I got sanctioned. Um, for an entire year, I didn't play for West Indies. But for me, I believe that you know everything happens for a reason. Um, I was 21 then, so I, I just made my Indies debut at 2021, 20, and all of a sudden I'm sanctioned. Like my dream, I just went through, I just went through the worst thing that anybody could wish in life, and then came out of that, achieved my dream, and okay, finally said, you know, this is where the road is going to be a bit smooth now. Then all of a sudden again, then I'm banned, I'm sanctioned from international cricket, first class cricket. I was like, serious? I was like, okay, fine, no problem. I didn't question it at all. I learned not to question certain things in life. I went Bangladesh Premier League. After that, I got the opportunity. I went Hong Kong. I went PSL for a couple games. And then I got selected in IPL with Mumbai Indians. You know, Paul had a big role to play in that as well. And if I look back at it, I, I haven't regretted that decision you know, in going Bangladesh Premier League because I got the opportunity to learn, you know, so much things from that tournament, just different conditions, different cultures, you know, interacting with different people, interacting with international players as well. And that helped me develop much faster than a normal 21-year-old as well. And you know, I really appreciate that. And that's why I said, you know, I don't really question much things and everything happens for a reason in life. And, you know, it so happened that, you know, I felt like I was destined to, you know, play for Western as, as well. And I know if, if that had to happen, it'll find a way and it happen again. I think I remember after the Canada Premier League, I played for the Western B team. And afterwards, I was selected. I played CPL and then I was selected back into the team again. I went to India. Yeah, I went to India and that's my first game. I made four and then the second game, I made 54 and everything was history after that. Um, I was back into the setup playing T20 cricket. Playing T20, so Western I just kept working on my game. I was at Barbados franchise. I kept working there. I, 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 I started to work so hard because of the experiences I had in life. I just wanted to be ready for that opportunity on a cricket field. And at one point in time, I felt like, you know, I wanted to perform so badly that, you know, I actually forgot the reason why I wanted to play the game again. And that was just to be happy, just to appreciate the simple things. I'm working so hard on the field. So if I go on a cricket field now and I put myself under pressure to perform, it won't happen for me. And then one day I was like, you know what? 
Nicholas, you get a second opportunity to do what you love. Do it, but just enjoy it. And as soon as I started think that direction, everything just fall in place. Because when you work hard and you enjoy what you do, everything is simple. That's how I started to approach, you know, cricket after that. And things just fall in place for me. I, I kept on working hard, but even my my dongs in cricket, my lowest times in cricket, like it never frustrated me. I just I just try to look at the positive way. The positive try to take a positive thing out of it. And again, everything happened for a reason. And I feel like every single time you fail, you get the opportunity to learn something. Nicholas has always relished the opportunity to learn from the more experienced players he has teamed up with playing cricket around the world. None more so than his mentor, Kieran Pollard, who has had a significant impact and influence on Nicholas's career in cricket and his overall approach to the game. He's someone that, you know, he loves to see people you know, achieve their full potential. He loves to see people work hard. Um, and he was just there for me, like, he, he obviously experienced life as well. You know, he had plenty, you know, injuries as well. And he he had an idea about, you know, setbacks. And you know, I guess he was the right person for me that time. You know, sometimes when, you know, God can't come to send an angel and he was just there. You know, every single question I had to ask, you know, he had an answer for me. If he saw me doing something wrong, he's not shy to tell me, you're, doing, you're, you're messing it up. And he was just my go-to person that time. You know, I was looking forward to that. I guess every young sportsman you know, should have a role model as well or a mentor. And he was just my mentor from that day. And I am obviously thankful to have him around my life because I know he's someone who, who would always give me the right answers. You know, he tried his best. He's, he's obviously a family man as well. And you know, I'm aspiring to be a family guy as well. Um, and again, he's a nice person to be around. He understands. He understand. He understand life. He has a pretty, you know. He has a good understanding about life. And he was just there. He was just there for me. Even you know, when Westney's got rid of him as well, and he came back into the setup as well. And I was happy to play under him and be there to be his vice captain as well to support him. That was me kind of giving back to him as well. And to me, it was always about, always about you know making him proud of me as well because he invested in me as well. Took a big chance on me. Got a lot of stick for it as well. I know I'm just happy that, you know, um, like we have conversation that, you know, we'll obviously tell him that, you know, whatever, whatever he has done for us, we're very thankful for it. And you know, I'm happy that, you know, I can repay you and repay news by just being the best version of myself. And obviously that's getting results on the cricket field. So every time, every time we talk about batsmanship and, you know, whenever we do something special on the cricket field, you know, we just have that relationship where we, we, we kind of look forward to talking to each other about getting better. And we talk about life. And we talk about life a lot. How could we be, how could we be better human beings as well? And, you know, what he did for me, I want to be able to do for someone else as well. That's the person I want to be. This game, this game is a, is a leveler. It, 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 it teaches you to appreciate Appreciate your life. And to me, my biggest you know, learning so far is how you treat the game. I believe the game is a reflection of your life. The same way you live your life is how you're going to play the game. Obviously, we're not perfect human beings, but we should know what our priorities are. You know, like this game have a way to bite you in the ass sometimes. And you, know, you don't want to be on the shitty end of the stick of that. So to me, 
this this game taught me just to be a just to be the best human being I can be. Like you see, for example, it's like I had a conversation with Tony last year and I felt like I wasn't even speaking to a human being. Like, you know, he, his his presence, he says certain things certain things to you that you don't really believe and you, you just don't know how he's so calm as a human being and you know, all the success he had, you know, millions of people on his back wanted him to fail, wanted him to do well, you know, if they only do well, we'll do well, we'll do good as a, a country. And there's no wonder why he, he did so well. He, he seems like a, a really, really nice human being as well. You know, sometimes you talk to a sportsman and you, your blood just doesn't take that guy. He isn't treating you the way you want you to. He, he isn't treating you the way he should or he isn't treating others the way he, he's supposed to. And then, you know, sportsmen are role models as well. It, as well. You don't know who's watching. And... For me, it's just how you 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 treat you treat you treat life outside of cricket, man. It, it bites you, and it definitely bites you. So it's just to live in the moment, stay in the present, and appreciate this opportunity we have. One day, I want to be the best batsman in the world. Um, I'm definitely looking forward to being one of the best white ball batsmen or even red ball batsmen. Who knows? In the world, that's my ultimate goal. I'm looking forward to start a family. You know, eventually be a family guy. Um. And just be the best human being I can be. I want to give back to, you know, people. I want to make a difference. I want to make a difference in the in the in the community as well. I again, I just want to be the best version of myself. Um, and who knows? Who knows what the future holds? I can't really control that, but I can control what I do. So just try to be the best version of myself. To be honest, I make the best decisions. You know, make make decisions that I really want to make and have an impact on people's lives. episode of the athlete's record is brought to you by power aid developed with sports scientists power aid is a still isotonic sports drink that helps support effective hydration and replenishes key electrolytes energy and fluids that your body loses during exercise the athlete's record is produced by record media subscribe now for further episodes in our series